Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Another instant reaction edition of the Night Report podcast. Richie Schneider joining me once again. Richie, the shoes have finally dropped. It feels like we've been waiting on this news for months now, but we have our official rounding out of the assistant coaching uh, staff at Rutgers football. Uh, announcement came about an hour ago. Uh, Drew Lascari has been elevated from a defensive assistant to the safeties coach, and Rutgers has hired Mark Orfney, I believe his name is, who was yeah. in Alabama defensive analyst and also the former Utah state defensive backs coach. Mm. Uh, Richie, you kind of were the first on this news yesterday. Uh, he was at practice, I believe Mark Orfney. Uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about him first and what we're getting of that hire. Um, so, I mean, he has some interesting experience, no power five level experience technically other than like a QC slash GA job down at South Carolina under Muschamp and Spurrier. Um, so he actually was one of the holdovers from a, uh, from Spurrier's tenure. So, I mean, that's, that's gotta be a good sign if Muschamp comes in and it's like, you don't always keep everyone as we know, but uh, when a coaching change happens, but yeah. And I mean, not really much to talk about with him. Uh, I'm still looking into how he did as the DB's coach with Montana state and the DB's coach at Utah state. Obviously I think that Utah state staff kind of just all got canned after uh, that 2020 season. Yep. Uh, I believe their head coach actually got fired. And I think that was just a, product of that yeah gary anderson got fired after that yeah i know um montana state i believe he went to the fcs playoffs with them so i mean yep. that's that is kind of notable um but yeah i mean if, if saban's willing to take you on you got to be a pretty decent assistant i would think at the, at the very least oh absolutely um, that's those are like coveted coveted roles there and i mean it could only do good for the person getting that role because you're learning from literally the best of the best oh yeah you just won a national championship there so he knows how to you know what a good program looks like mm. yeah no it is a little interesting um i'm sorry you didn't just win a national no, championship. yeah i was gonna say I was like, that yeah, was two years yeah, ago yeah. i was right. like did i just write the wrong thing i wrote run my out. bad my bad <laughs> but uh yeah, no, I mean, um, he's it's an interesting name. I, I don't really know much about him. I know he's young. I know he's considered an up-and-comer by some. Uh, I think he's still in his 30s, I believe. So this just kind of adds yep. to this staff kind of uh, a youth movement that's going on between Demir Shaw, Marquis Watson, Corey Heatherman. Even Harris Simiak's pretty young as a coordinator. John Gleason's pretty young. It seems like this staff is going to be all compromised to young guys. I think, actually, Augie might be the elder statesman of the group now. That's wild. With, uh, with Frazier moving to an off the field role, which we also reported what a month ago, maybe. Yep. Um, yeah. Orphy. I don't know what to think about him yet. He doesn't have a, like, it's nothing crazy. It's not the sexy experience that you want in like a, in a coach, but the Alabama thing, I guess you can kind of play up a little bit. I'm in see, intrigued to see how he does on the trail. Um, I did ask our Alabama guys about this guy. And they said, we have no idea who he is. There's so many goddamn assistants <laughs> on this staff that it's it's insane. Like, you you can't keep track of the off-the-field guys down there. So we're not going to get much from them. Um, I'm intrigued to see what Greg says and how what the connection is here. I know he worked, like I said before to you, I believe, I don't even know if I said it on the pod yet, but he worked with Chase Dodd down in South Carolina uh, back in 2016 under Muschamp. Um, 
other than that, there's, there's no true connection here to New Jersey or to a coach or this is the first official assistant that hasn't had a single connection to this staff in some sort of way. Yeah. So, unless you're doing like the, the, the you know, thing, but. yeah. Or if you're talk, talking about like the, you know, six like layers of separation to like a Kevin Bacon thing. It's like, so. Oh yeah. We can, we can go back. And Gianno like, oh, is Kyle. really close to Belichick. Who is very close to Saban. Or you blah, could do blah, that blah. one. You could go, you know, Hey, Kyle flood coached at Alabama. Kyle floods buddies with Greg Shano yep. still. And, you know, going back and forth and, he knows him. He knows him. You could even go the other route. I heard he was pretty close with, uh, with Jay Valai as well, who's now, at, who's now at Oklahoma. But uh, yeah, I heard him, Orphe and uh, Valai were somewhat close and um, they talked a lot. He, I think he actually worked underneath him kind of because he was assistant DBs. Valai was DBs. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that, I don't really know much about him. So there's not really much to talk about uh, in terms of uh, Orphe so far. Yeah, and like you kind of alluded to, how they didn't really know who he was. Like, Rutgers, mm. it's the same problem. Like, it's turning. We had a problem. guy. Yeah. yeah, we had an offensive uh, analyst who got hired as San Houston State's OC this offseason, yeah. who was here for like a year or two. And mm. I mean, Tim Houston State's a really high level FCS program. They won a national title yeah. a couple years ago at the FCS level. So it's not a, a nothing higher there. No, I mean, look at what the one D line recruit out of uh, New York said yesterday on our recruit reaction he's like there's yep. seven d line coaches and i'm like yeah i don't know like i know three of them right now yep. it, it is crazy because like like the sam houston guy like he got hired and i'm like who who oh that guy i never knew i never knew that's what he did the guy's got crazy nfl experience all, tight ends coach at uh houston or something and it's just it's kind of interesting because under Aster, there had to be every bit of 15 20 coaches out there maybe tops and that's that's pushing it Yep. Um, under Shiano, there's about like 60 coaches out there, and it's just like, who the hell are you? Oh, you're new. Who are you? What's up? Oh, you used to yep. coach at so and so. Oh, you're a high school coach. Oh, you're this guy. Oh, hey, what's up? It, it is wild. Like, it is crazy to see how many uh, assistants just there, there are now in terms of quality control, GA, defensive assistant, and Drew Lascari's role. Um, so I, I don't even know. It's just, it is wild to see. Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest things that probably Shiano saw at Ohio state was that, mm -hmm. you know, having great assistance is obviously key, but having that support staff, like each additional person that is a good hire will only make you that much better, whether it be more data you can bring in, mm -hmm. whether it be more coaching where guys are never really not being critiqued for good or for bad. Yeah. Um, so that kind of segues us into the, the next hire who was a former d defensive assistant, uh, but now is the safeties coach, Drew Viscari. Uh, he seems to have a lot of history with offense, but now he's going to be a defensive assistant. Tell us a little bit about him because he's been a name that's, you know, been in Rutgers fans' lexicon for a long time. Yeah, he's he's interesting just because he's coached just about every position at this point. Um, he's a Don Bosco prep OC for a couple of years from 2010 to 2014. Uh, he was working out with their quarterbacks, wide receivers. Helped. He's actually credited with helping to develop Leontay Carew. Um, so I think that's kind of where the experience start or the connection between Shiano starts. Obviously, Shiano talks to the Don Bosco staff, gets Leon to crew on campus, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, coached down at Cardinal Mooney High School in Florida. They produced a couple guys during his tenure. I know he sent one to Kentucky, one to Syracuse, and one to everyone's favorite uh, FCS program, Lafayette. Um, <laughs> uh, it's, it's tough not to make the jokes at this point yeah. we're, we're they're comfortably in the tournament. That's just, let's move on. Um, but then he came on under Ash, um, 
it actually was a pretty big uh, hire under Ash. Do you recall we posted on the boards and uh, there was a little bit of hype just because you're hiring a, a pretty big name uh, Florida high school coach to come all the way up to back to New Jersey where he was a special teams assistant and the quarterback assistant and even the interim quarterbacks coach when nuns took over. Yep. Um, after that, he went right to DBs as soon as Chiano came on. I don't know how you transitioned from QB wide receiver, OC head coach, special teams to DBs, but I guess it's, it's a role at that point, but uh, he's been working out with the DBs for two years now. Obviously Shiano saw something he liked with them. And um, at this point, you now have the St. Joe's former St. Joe's head coach, the former Bergen Catholic head coach, and now the former Don Bosco prep OC. So you should never lose a North Jersey guy again at this point. Yep. That's the transitive recruiting property right there. We're, yep. we're going to get everybody in this class. So that's how Santos, you mean, don't even send the LI, uh, NLI or whatever it is. Uh, uh, yeah. We're already, we, we're already we, counting we, you in this class. We could talk a little bit about Basantis a little later, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's an inter- an interesting hire. Um, I, I don't know what to think of these just because, they don't have power five experience, which is, it's not a must at the end of the day, but you didn't Look at really Underwood. replace. He turned out as a pretty good recruiter without having any yeah. power five experience. So it can happen. Yeah. Um, it just, it's a little underwhelming, I'd say, for Rutgers fans who are going from Fran Brown and Taekwondo Underwood, who are widely regarded as our two best recruiters, to a lot of question marks. Yeah. The biggest question mark would probably be the South Jersey connections. Where is it going to come from? Um, I talked to a South Jersey, uh, prominent South Jersey coach today, earlier this morning, actually, we were just chit-chatting, talking about uh, prospects and offers and camps and stuff like that. And he was just kind of like, yeah, I I don't know what they're going to do. Like, they don't have Fran. doesn't sound like they're going to hire a South Jersey guy. And it's like, yeah, no, this is where it gets concerning. Um, Yeah, you have John Stone in the class currently, and I think he's pretty solid. Uh, He's built a pretty good relationship with Shiano and crew already. But other than that, like, I think you're going to start to see some struggles in South Jersey. And that's where you have to pick that up and kind of with the Mir Shaw's connections in Philly, you have to hope that those are pretty prominent and that they're going to kind of start making some inroads there. Um, this is where a guy like Orphy could maybe come in. He's got some Texas connections. He played at uh, Texas Southern, I think it was. Yep. Played at Texas Southern, coach at Texas Southern. Um, I actually don't know where he's a native of. I didn't really look into that too much yet. Um but may, maybe I would assume probably down uh, he's in, Texas. in Texas. Yeah, he's from, he is. Yep. So that, that, I mean, try to build some connections down there. If you can get a couple of kids from Texas each year, I mean, hey, it's just like it's Florida times 10. Like there's just 20 times more prospects around. And you, you, we all know how they take football down there. It's their high school stadiums are some of them are bigger than Rutgers stadium, which is wild, but. Yeah, for sure. Um, They've shown me the willingness to go out there. I mean, we were in the final two for Amari Evans this past yeah. year. So. It, it, it's going to be uh, it's interesting because I don't know where you kind of where these hires are going to take you. So maybe I, I still think out of all of them, I think Demir Shaw is a heck of an is going to be an upgrade over Underwood when all is said and done. It's going to take time. Marquise Watson, I'm just going to say it right away. Upgrade over Panagos. Yep. Uh, Heatherman and Frazier, I think it's almost like an equal right now because I don't see either of them being an impact on the trail but I do think Heatherman's probably the younger, better coach at the moment. Frazier's got the experience, of course, when it comes to old school coaching. Um, But Heatherman's the new style linebackers coach. He's young. Maybe he has, he's from Boston. Maybe you can start landing a couple of Massachusetts guys. These two are the little underwhelming ones, like we said before, but I don't know what kind of impact they'll have on the trail. Does Lascari have juice in North Jersey still? He hasn't been there since 2014. 
So I don't yeah. know. It's it's and then Orphy, I don't I don't know if he's where his recruiting ties are. It's probably Texas, if I had to guess. Are you able to convince a Texas kid to come up to Jersey? Because it is a totally different culture change. Yeah, at least one that is uh, a desirable recruit. Like we've landed random Texas kids throughout the years, and they've almost always been total incomplete busts. Like there was one who was the guy Coven under Bailey. Ash that we got. The, yes. the, the Coven Bailey. Yeah. Yeah, he had like one. one good year, and then I, I guess it showed pretty quickly why he wasn't heavily recruited. Yeah, didn't he? he I think got he got kicked off. The, yeah, I was gonna say he got kicked yeah. off the team for fighting or something. Yep. He was borderline arrested or he was arrested. I forget. I'm pretty sure he was arrested. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting one. Um, they do have one Texas offer out net right now. I'm looking in the 2023 class. Uh, it's the number eight kid in the class. So there's probably no shot there. TJ Shanahan. Um, oh, an interesting little wrinkle there. His brother was a portal guy this past year. His, I think he was at like, uh, he was at a, an FCS school in Texas. I don't remember exactly which one it was, but he ended up at Texas Tech. So they're probably a school to watch. And uh, the guy, the younger Shanahan was like, you know, who, wherever he goes, I go. And then he deleted that tweet, which I thought was pretty interesting. Because interesting, there is a, uh, it's from April, mind you, last year, but there is one future cast for Ohio State right now. Interesting. So, I mean, and then they only have one offer in um, 2024 in Nigel Smith, who actually did visit campus this past fall. Um, he's actually visited a defensive lineman, defensive lineman. He's number yep. 50 in the 2024 class that we just released. Um, we'll have more on that, like on Monday, I think. But he visited he visited in June and then visited in October. So, I mean, there, there's some serious interest there. And um, I forget what the connection is. Um, I don't remember if he has a connection to Jersey or not. I'll have to double check on that one, but uh, mm. I mean, hey, top fifty kid, if you can get him, there, there's your start. Then Orphe's Orphe will be considered a god at that point. <laughs> I'll give him a lot of credit. They've done such a good job getting kids from out of state on campus pretty mm. consistently. Yeah, it's uh, it's been actually like throughout the the season too. Like they've gotten a yeah. lot of like Florida guys. Like Hakeem Williams was on campus three times. It sounds like that's starting to trend elsewhere. Uh, Santana Fleming's been on campus a million times. Um, I can't think of anyone else off the top of my head. Bryson Rogers, who uh, Alex just posted a little tidbit on, they had a WebEx with yesterday. Rutgers is up there in his recruitment, but Bama and Ohio State are going to be very, very tough to beat. But yep. when's the last time we talked about Rutgers in the same category as Bama and Ohio State? It's like, all right, yeah. right. like they're getting up there. And it's, it, we knew this rebuild is going to take probably five years minimum till you start seeing like some crazy success. Yep, but um, it's it's a very good start. A couple four stars last year, a couple four stars the year before. Flipped a VTech commit, who's probably your starting linebacker this year. Flipped a Purdue commit, who's your starting cornerback. Yep, they're getting there. It's going to take time, but it, they are getting there eventually. And I think the how quick the rebuild, quote unquote, would take was basically how much would Chiano embrace the portal, and I yeah. think he really resisted it. But this past year, I think it was pretty evident that he knew the two biggest holes or two of the biggest holes in the roster were wide receiver and an offensive line. And they aggressively filled those holes with transfer guys. And I think, you know, we could be in middle of the pack offense at our ceiling this year if things work out uh, with those transfers. Um, but I guess we'll see how that goes. Yeah, it's um, going to be interesting. Uh, I just realized I fucked up my tweet. So if you guys saw that, um... Vice versa, Muscari safeties, cornerbacks, uh, Orphy, whatever. That same thing. Who cares? Yep. Three, three text messages about that one, but whoa. <laughs> oh, well. oh, well. What are you going to do? Um, 
but yeah, no, I mean, um, interesting hires. Um, I, I don't know much more to say on that because they've never done it at the power five level. Uh, is Utah State G5? I don't even know. They are G5. Yeah. They are G5. So yep. it is interesting. I don't know uh, much of how they're going to be on the trail. I think you probably need a South Jersey guy still. Um, you lost Henson, who had really good ties in South Jersey. And I get that. Camden's a pretty good program. So um, you lost Fran, obviously. Um, maybe maybe you bring on like a South Jersey. You got to find a role for Ty Greenwood, in my opinion. I know a lot of people like to hype him up, and I'm, I'm probably one of those people, too. He's South Jersey native. Even if he's not on the trail specifically, you got to find him a role just so you get some kind of South Jersey connection on the staff. For sure. Let's do a little devil's advocate here. I'll oh, be here the go. pessimist of these hires. You'd be the optimist. Oh, pessimist. You'd be optimistic. Oof. You could be the optimist. The tough yeah. one. <laughs> it sounds, it's going to sound worse if you say bad things than it will for me. So okay. I'll be pessimist. All right. These guys. We, we had a pretty prolonged search, and these are the guys we came up with, a guy who's already on staff, who's never had any defensive experience, and then a guy who is a, not a GA, an analyst for a big-time school. Uh, they've never had Power 5 experience as coaches, as assistants, full-time assistants, and they're complete question marks as recruiters. That's basically the case that I'm sure a lot of people on the boards are going to make. Yeah. Tell us why you think – to, like do an exercise of walking people off the cliff here. All right. Um, we'll, we'll start with Oscari. He's been on the program for quite some time, a holdover. So obviously Shiano saw something good in him. Um, big North ties, big uh, Florida high school head coach. He has experience at just about every level of the game. And um, I, 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 nuns even like nuns is a fan of him too, promoting him uh, the minute that uh, that whole staff got chick hand. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think he, he spent his time. He did his uh did his time as the assistant DB coach for two years. Obviously, he's probably pretty well liked in the room. So th- this one, it it, ma- it makes sense a little bit because you get that big North connection. He gets to go on the road. He's young. Let's see what he could do. You don't have to stay for more than a year if it doesn't work out. It doesn't work out, and you, you got money in case you have to next year in case you want to do something different. That's the way the assistant coaches work. You can't just think that they're going to be here forever hell we didn't think underwood was going to leave and look at that true um orphy 2022 national championship runner up orphy yes 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 uh Um, too much disinformation here yeah uh he's interesting just because you get texas ties now you never had texas ties before i don't think ever maybe in Rutgers history as a staff maybe there's probably one guy that had a couple texas ties um Pretty good DBs coach, it seems like. Montana State led him to FCS playoffs, like I said. Um, he's another guy who's a holdover in a staff down in South Carolina. If you're a holdover, you were obviously I, – I don't really need to explain this, but I'm going to. Um, you were on the first staff. That guy either gets fired or retires or whatever, and the new coach is like, all right, I'm not probably not going to keep anyone. And it's like, hold on, you, know, you kind of know what you're talking about. Stay with me. Held him over with Will Muschamp for a year, then obviously got a full-time gig at Montana State, so – Moved up again, went to Utah State. Um, I don't know the full-time statistics there, but he's young. He's an up-and-comer. Nick Saban hired him, so that has to tell you something. I know it seems a little crazy because I was just talking about how Nick Saban hires like 50 people a year, but the fact that Nick Saban hired you just tells you he has to be a decent coach at the very least. So we'll just see what he he can do and kind of go from there. 
that's the most optimistic thing I've ever said about this team. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew you had it in you. I knew I could pull it out. But I think this is just a, you know, we'll see how they do. Let's see how they go. We'll see how recruits react to them in terms of, you know, what they're saying, who we ended up getting committed to us. Um, I think it's interesting. It's too early to judge. Um, I'm intrigued to see uh, the first offer that they send out today or tomorrow or whenever that, that first offer that either of them sends out. Cause I want to see the reaction that these guys, uh, these guys have to these coaches. For sure. And I, I do agree that it, since they now have a lot of money left over, because Fran was making like almost $800,000 last year at Rutgers, yeah. <laughs> if I remember correctly. So there's a lot of extra money that should be in the coaching pool at this point. Does Shiano just, you know, fire 10 other analysts with that money? Because a lot of times, you know, these analysts, quote unquote, mm-hmm. are uh, being hired from fired staffs. And there's something that most coaching contracts have, which is like an offset clause where if you were supposed to make a million dollars and at your next job, you're making 50,000, the old school now owes you 950,000 because your new job, you're making this much. So it doesn't really, you don't necessarily have to make a ton of money at your next stop because you're not going to, it's not going to make any difference. You're still going to get paid what is owed for you. Uh, I'm intrigued to see what he does with the off the field stuff because there's some openings now because Rob Hinson's gone. Uh, he's down at Camden High School now. That's actually a pretty good connection that you should be able to build. Um, and it's a program that hasn't really sent many kids to Rutgers in the, in the past. Maybe Elijah Clark, Donald Williams. <laughs> they yeah. both went elsewhere, obviously. Yep. Um, but it's also produced some pretty notable names. Like, look at Brad Hawkins at Michigan. He had a hell of a five years, four years, whatever it was there. Yeah, it took a while, but he finally broke out. He's a Ruiz at Michigan. Um, Ron Johnson almost at Rutgers at one point. forgot about him, actually. That was a weird yep. one. Um, but yeah, no, Henson's gone. Lascari gets promoted. So technically I guess there's two openings three now, because we just talked about it before, uh, before the pod, Quill Ahmed, who was director of something with Rutgers. They just, they think they kind of just throw out titles at this point. Um, he just got uh, hired by Syracuse as their new director of high school relations. Yeah. Um, it's, I think it's clear that one thing, one thing that's interesting to me is Syracuse is clearly trying to get into New Jersey in terms of recruiting. Yep. Uh, LaQuint Allen, Kier Price obviously got flipped back. Um, we just talked to Mike Teal, who said he got offered by, by Dino Babers. Yep. Um, yeah, that's it's it's interesting, but uh, there are there's some openings. I don't know where you're going to go with these openings. Maybe you try to convince another notable high school coach to come up. Maybe you try to convince a South Jersey high school coach to come up and just be like, hey, there's our connection. Maybe that maybe there's an opening for a guy like uh like I was saying before, a South Jersey guy like Ty Greenwood or something. Someone with South Jersey connections is someone you have to hire on this staff. And I think you need it pretty soon if you want to keep recruiting South Jersey. And unlike an assistant coaching staff where there's a set limit of 10, there's no limit to the off the field roles that you can hire for college football program. Exactly. So if you you have the money to hire, do what Saban does and hire 50 new guys each year. And it's becoming more and more of an arms race in terms of how big of an army can you assemble in your coaching staff slash, Pretty much. you know, administrative yeah. room. Uh, so it's, I think Shiano knows where the wind's blowing in that, in that sense. Yeah. It's kind of fucked. Um, honestly, one name I would look to hear me out. And I don't know if he would come on board for an off the field role, Marcus Hammond, NLG director, who's now actually, I don't, know if, I don't know if you saw his new role. He's now the assistant. He's an assistant coach at Roman Catholic over in PA. I didn't see that. 
So I guess he's doing that like part time. I think so. Yeah. And then running the, uh, the program also, uh, and they have a pretty notable receiver in Tysir Denmark down there. That kid's top, like disgusting 40, 50 recruit. I've seen him multiple times this past year and it's like, Holy shit. Like, yeah, he was like the best player on Roman Catholics team that had like yeah. a handful of D one guys as a freshman. Like, yeah. It's insane. I, hey, maybe I, you got to get somebody. I don't, I don't know who, but someone needs to connect with these South Jersey coaches. I'm not sure, but there's there's got to be someone out there that's got some kind of ties that obviously you're not going to get a Fran Brown or Elijah Robinson, but get somebody. Yeah, no, it's a shame that uh, Brown left. I remember I don't remember if it was on the boards or if you said it, but I remember somebody saying that like if if Fran's still around when Lazier Brooks is in his like senior year, we're going to get him. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's not going to happen anymore. Uh, lots of your yeah. Brooks was one. I think they had a really good shot at Jalen McLean in 2024. I don't think – I'd argue you probably don't get either now at the moment. Maybe something changes. But uh, I don't know if you noticed last year, Brooks uh, – intriguing enough, he got a Georgia offer in February. Oh, that's shady. On the 22nd, and it's like – Mildly shady. Well, when, when did Frank get hired? I guess that was probably close, right, 22nd? Um. That happened. Uh, I'm just looking at the podcast dates here. Yeah. That happened. Okay, so that happened in the middle of February, the 18th. Okay, so it's so, okay. It was right after that. So he did get the Georgia offer immediately after. <laughs> yep. It's it's kind of fucked. You see a lot of Georgia offers up here now, and it's like, oh shit. <laughs> and yep. there goes South Jersey. <laughs> but at the same time, Georgia is not going to take the, you know, even like the one B kids. They're going to shoot for just the one A's, and Epi mm-hmm. it. The only way I see them taking like a middle of the pack four star from New Jersey is like close to signing day when they've got to fill the role. Yeah, I can see that. That that makes a lot of sense. Um, Yeah. I mean, there's, there's not much else that can be said here. Uh, It is a little underwhelming. It's not the sexiest tires of the bunch. The Alabama thing helps a little bit, but I don't, I don't know. There's, there's, I'm trying to be optimistic here. Yep. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see, guys. Uh, I knew we were hoping for a big, sexy name hire, but obviously it didn't happen. But that doesn't mean that these guys can't be good coaches and good recruiters. But yeah. we've gone a little long on this one. Uh, Richie, you got anything else you want to say? Obviously, we got a big game in about an hour. Yeah. Uh, Rutgers basketball. Probably have an emergency pod – or not a, a reaction pod from Chris and Craig. Yeah, I think they're, uh, they'll are they handle that. Um, going out actually going out with my parents they actually texted me today and they're like hey like you want to watch the game together and i'm like you haven't hit me up all season but okay i didn't even know you were watching to be honest that's cool but uh yeah no i'm kind of excited to see how this team looks uh, i was disgustingly good yesterday um i don't know what we held that team to 46 points i will never know because they I had 60 some points at halftime key murray's a problem and if they can shut them down and jo- jordan bohannon they have they have a, just a really good team they're like a a dark horse for the uh, the NCAA tournament, I guess. Not really a dark horse, but like a dark horse. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean because they have. I think know. McCaffrey kind of holds them back at times too. Which, whatever. That's a that's a debate for another day. The, and they just they're really good at dominating bad teams, but against good teams, they're a different team. So I'm hoping we're yeah. going to learn a lot about ourselves today. If I have one kind of t- key takeaway. Yeah, I mean, they win today. It's going to be interesting. Might be playing Penn State. Is that uh, okay? They, so they're playing the Ohio ones. Or the, okay. Yeah, I think that's what the bra- or no, 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 they, no they, they beat they Ohio State. State yesterday. They're playing yeah. Purdue. Okay. Which I 
I don't know if you watched that game. Holy shit. I don't know how the hell they pulled that one off. Penn State, man, they're they're going to be good under Shrewsbury. I, I, it pains I, me to say that. I know. I think we said it last pod. Shrewsbury is literally Pykele, like 2.0. Yeah, loves well, defense. He's, and he even flipped a couple of uh, Purdue commits already. Really? Yeah, he flipped two in the twenty, the first class or whatever. Two top 150 kids. So they're, they're going to be decent. They will be there. And I take I it back. Say, That's opposite side of the bracket. So we'd have to see them in the finals technically. So okay. Illinois. Or Indiana, which would be wild too. March yeah. is weird. I don't get it. I'm but, just glad uh, we're on the opposite side of the bracket of Purdue because I think Purdue's probably the team we match up, and most teams match up worse with. They're just yeah, they could beat you in so many ways. But um, real quick note: I'll be down in Miami this weekend. I will be seeing Hakeem Williams, Santana Fleming, a bunch of other Florida guys. So I have a bunch of stuff on the boards uh, with those guys. Um, we'll kind of learn more about the recruitments. I think Bryson Rogers is showing up as well. So we're, we're going to see, I'm going to be able to see some talented guys and uh, report back and hopefully we'll get some positive Rutgers news out of this. Awesome. Well, thanks again for tuning in guys. And this has been another edition of the Night Report Podcast. Signing off. <laughs>